Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of a Terra Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Andy Harrow. Hello. And Mr. Craig Telfer. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting choice of introduction there, Telfer. I think the problem is if people just get, if you keep saying hello all the time, then people just get bored. So you need to you need to think in new and exciting ways to try and pop people in a we'll get we'll gauge the reaction. If you if you like that intro, leave it in the comments saying yes. If you didn't like it, leave it no and we'll 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 try we'll aim for something better next time. If you didn't like it, say no 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 no. <laughs> So yes, uh, the trio, the terrible trio is here once again uh, to fill in for Sean and Telfer's usual excellent lower league output, myself and Andy, uh, like last time, two weeks ago I think it was now, but we'll try and make make up half a Sean. Exactly, it shows how vital Sean McGuigan is that we need two people to come in to try and replace him. It's like that, you know, in Golo Kante, you see, you play, who do you play in midfield in Golo? Oh, I can't remember what he said. It was like basically a joke about, oh, it's rubbish, forget it. Can you get that about? <laughs> no, you can't, you can't. It's a bit about, you know, he says like two people, I, I, that's it, you play, you play such and such in the middle and in Golo Kante either side of him. It's the, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. I, I was t- yeah. Okay. So, what are we talking about today then? <laughs> I was actually thinking, uh, while you were like, just to just to big up Sean uh, for a change, I usually slag him off about being uh, very old, uh, but he, I very much enjoyed the podcast that you did with him about the Wraith Rovers, and it was just like listening to. It was good, wasn't it? It was really good. I know that Sean must have. He was able to do this because he must have taken like his his notes at the best of times are like war and peace so I know that it must have been something similar but just when he was like going through it all it like bringing up 
like what people like what managers were saying before games and stuff like that I was like see you, see, you actually that surprised we actually agreed that on that morning that's what we we're going to talk about we had something else planned and then I, th- I think we we're just going to look at other games I said no let's go and do something else and he was like fine so so we did uh, we're going to do Wraith Rovers and Stenhouse Muir but I think we made the right choice that, that Wraith Rovers would be far more interesting to, uh, to, 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 to talk about but no it was great it was great listen I really uh, really enjoyed listening to him yeah, so Sean has, Sean has left us in the lurch once again, but we've, we've got Andy here. Andy's, Andy's, uh, Andy's, yeah, good. Seen some low level football. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good might be too strong a word there, but uh, a present is probably a, a more accurate one, to be honest. Well, exactly. You're, you're certainly better than Sean this week because he's not here at all. So there you go. There's, there's a compliment for you. <laughs> Thanks. How are you getting on yourself anyway, Andy? I'm all right. I, uh, I was actually wiped out this week. Uh, I had a... a Stomach bug, so uh, I kind of feeling normal now, but it's taken me taking me all week to not feel absolutely dreadful. Uh, but I tell you what was a tonic watching our broth Partick Thistle's four and a half minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andy. You know what it reminded me of. Have you ever seen that scene in Taken Three where uh, Liam Neeson jumps over a fence and there's like about fifteen cuts in the space of a seven second sequence? That's what this felt like. It was like honestly, it was. There was just so much going yeah, on, and I had absolutely yeah. no room to breathe. Yeah, it's like every every Transformers film action scene that's ever happened. Uh, yes, that's uh, exactly yeah, what yeah, it was like. Yeah. I, I genuinely, uh, I, I burst out. I, I watched in the bathroom, and I burst out laughing in the bathroom. So if anyone walking past must have wondered what I was doing, but uh, I, it was it was, it, it was the. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, I watched this game. I watched this game at my desk. Why did you watch it in your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> because when you've got a when you've got a two year old, you have to find any possible moment uh, to uh, make use of the time. So I, I tend to it tends to be my quiet place at the moment. I, I was going to say I've saw that recently that basically <laughs> toilets are a haven for parents, really, aren't they? Uh yeah, no, they really are. It's uh, uh, I mean, I, like I kind of been I've been doing that from work for you know ever since I've. Uh, got into full time employment, but uh, basically, yeah, either it's it's five to ten minutes where you can lock the door and you, yeah, you don't get any bother, uh, or you might like my daughter will sometimes bang on the door and sh- shout for me, but uh, if songs have locked the door, she can get in and I can watch uh, lower league highlights in peace. Does uh, does Kate wonder why you now take ten shits a day? <laughs> Depends how many uh, depends how many highlights I've got to watch. I suppose but, yeah, you didn't my, really have a, you didn't really have a stomach bug. You just wanted to see the highlights for these three games that we're going to cover. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Although I have to say, uh, at least I could find that our growth thistle highlights. The other two were uh, were significantly more difficult. I think. I've- I think that's fair to say. This podcast, I think, for the listeners at home, this is problematic for us to put together. You had one set of highlights that were so quickly cut together, it was almost impossible to comprehend. A second set of highlights that were completely doused in fog that you couldn't make out what was going on. And a third set of highlights that were just impossible to find on the internet. So we have really gone above and beyond the call of duty to bring this show together. It was the highlights for the... For the Peterhead game, because I could only find the full game on ice cream. I was like, I'm not watching all this. No, there's a, I don't it's watch on the, it was... 
yeah, great, great mention that it's on the um, the SPFL like roundup, oh, right. which is which is good actually. The lower league roundup, then it just shows all the goals. That's all I could find to be honest. So <laughs> no, I went yeah, into Airdrie's website to watch them, and my favourite moment of that was when Airdrie scored their third goal. The Pixelot camera decided to move in the opposite direction of where the action was going. <laughs> so right. yeah, thank thank you very much. Well, the, the the best bit was that. Um, uh, and I, I don't know on that game yet, but the best bit was that I think Airdrie said uh, that oh, the, the excellent camera missed her third goal, but luckily Peter Head's camera was filming, <laughs> and there's like a tw- uh, there's a, a tweet with just the the video of it, and it's it's just doused in fog. You cannot see anything. In fact, the excellent <laughs> camera that's moved away from the action actually shows you more. <laughs> Is it, worth Fowler, is it worth Fowler talking about the three games? <laughs> I mean, we've been talking for about 15 minutes now. We've been talking about people on holidays. We've been talking about cousins on Instagram. What are we actually going to be talking about today? Well, we'll get to the three games that we're going to cover after this. The return of football is always worth celebrating and Beer 52 are generously offering free beer while you watch your team from the comfort of your own home. Or if you just want a few to get you in the mood before you head down to the local ground as we're now allowed back at the stadiums again. Yes. They're often eight craft beers sourced and created from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the $5.95 for postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to each and every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, all over the US and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with an award-winning beer magazine ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety five. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, let's begin with the first game which comes in the championship where Arbroath defeated Partick Thistle 3-1 at Gayfield despite Thistle taking the lead and also being, I think, fairly comfortable for, for large parts of the first half. Uh, the game changed on a couple of errors, shall we say, from somebody that last time we were talking I was bigging up, which was uh, Harry Stone, who is the Hearts goalkeeper, very highly rated, uh, kind of expected to one day take over the gloves from Craig Gordon. And I think it's fair to say, Telfer, that we might be waiting a wee bit longer for that. There might need to be a stopgap between Harry Stone and Craig Gordon if Saturday was anything to go by. You know something, I think think that, yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Um, I think because Harry Stone had gone on loan, he'd think he'd been on loan at Spartans, he'd gone on loan at Stirling Albion, he'd been on loan at Albion Rovers last season. And I think during the the second half of last season at Rovers, he was really impressive. And Brian Reid, his manager, was was very complimentary about him. Um, And obviously he got the contract at Hearts, he was featuring the Hearts documentary. But this was a this was a, a personal hell for him because he was he certainly was culpable for Michael McKenna's goal the the, the game that the, the goal that brought the game level 
and he was 100% at fault for Nicky Lowe's goal that ultimately put the, the game beyond uh, Partick Thistle. I mean, the first one, it's as, as you said there, Fowler, I think that Thistle were perhaps the better of the two sides in the in the first half. They'd taken the goal, uh, taking the lead through a, a Colin Hamilton own goal. And just as you're, you're going to interval, you've got a one-goal lead at the interval. You think that's, that's quite a, a handy score to, to take in here. And then Michael McKenna hits a free kick and it didn't really seem to be hit with much pace or much direction, but it seemed to just sneak in off his gloves and, and kiss the post as it went in. That was bad. You could, you could, there's maybe an argument that it wasn't his fault, but Nicky Lowe's goal, the third one calculably his fault because it was just a, he, he gets the ball back to him and then passes it straight to Nicky Lowe. <laughs> And it's a good finish. I mean, Nicky Lowe's a really good finish mm-hmm. from him. But, I mean, he should never have been in that position in the first place. But uh, it sounds trite to say, you know, you, you probably won't make those mistakes again. Uh, th- those are the sort of things that next time he's got the ball at his feet and he's passing out of defence, you will are 100% sure that it finds its target. Uh, because those were those were grievous errors uh, that, 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 I mean, I think that are both probably deserve to win the game on the whole. But I think, uh, yeah, Stone's performance wasn't the best here. I've been interested to see if he, he keeps his place though, because he's only been in a, a couple of weeks, isn't he? Um, Snedden was in not that uh, not that long ago, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not there's a, a chopping and a changing, or if that made that sound like that was the the start of some sort of country and western song there, a chopping and a changing. <laughs> um, but, but the uh, what you know, they they end up because keepers do make mistakes, especially young keepers. They end up keep switching them about all the time. I think he's maybe got a week, enough in the bank from the the last couple of weeks that he stays in. You you think for another week or two and see how he gets on. But yeah, for 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 me, it was the as as much as Stone was poor. There was there was three our growth players and we've touched on a couple of them that I thought looked excellent. And I think from from sort of the. the Fans that were there, they they were all the the same opinion. And then Nicky Lowe was was great. Uh, Michael McKenna, mm. you know, the two guys that scored the goals were excellent. And I thought John Noble, and it's the first time I've Joel. really seen Joel. Is it Joel? Yes. Uh, the first time I've seen him, I, I thought he looked excellent. And I know you're you're really only going with highlights, but there was a couple of moments that I just thought he he just looked uh, like a real handful for defenders. There was there was. Uh, it reminded me, yeah. Andy. Sorry, it reminded me of the scene in Jack where Robin Williams is playing basketball. I mean, Robin Williams got the body of a forty-year-old, but the mind of a ten-year-old, and he's playing basketball with these kids, and he's absolutely—I sh- was going to say shagging them, but you, not literally, <laughs> but just on the basketball court. And, and it's that's what it was like watching Joel Nubley play there, where there was times yeah. where people were bouncing off him. There was there was one bit, I think it was in the second half, where he he flicked, he, he beat a guy or he held someone off and played a pass, he flicked it uh, yeah. for James Cragen, and it, I mean, it was actually forced a really good save from Stone, but you just think, my goodness, that's like you, just the strength and the, pay, the, the, the ability, I mean, I, that, that, if you can marry that strength and that pace, that's a very like sort of Livingston yeah. sort of signing, so I think it's a, a year in the championship toughen him up, he looks quite good so far bring him back, it's, uh, that'll be a, an interesting signing for, for, for Dave Martial, but yeah, very, very impressed by what I saw yeah. from him. I- and it was it was the second goal that uh, he created down the down the left hand side. He got mm. a couple of men, and then he put a really good ball into the box for McKenna. But you're right; it, it was that it was that particular bit of play that it really stood out because it, he he received the ball with his back to go in the penalty box, held off uh, one of the defenders. But there was another couple of Thistle players closing in on him, and he kind of managed to somehow pirouette. Uh, 
really good close control and then had the presence of mind to lift it over the defender who'd been holding him off into Craigan's path. Uh, yeah, I thought he he gives something to Arbroath that I'd, I'd not totally. seen him have before. Yeah. You know, you're, you're absolutely right there, Andy. I think that that's something that Arbroath, I wouldn't say, struggled isn't the word because Arbroath have generally done well, but you mm. know, I always think they've, they've never really had like an orthodox number nine. I think a lot of the guys that have played, like uh, not centre forward, but the guys that have played in the more attacking positions, like Michael McKenna, he's not really a striker. You know, he's more like a, a sort of, like you describe him as a forward rather than a striker. Luke Donnelly, for instance, you know, he. I think some people might see him as a target man because he's a big beanpole sort of player, but he's not really a striker. Do you think he's been more like an attacking midfielder? But whereas Nubly, he is a number nine. You know, he is the target man that you can get the balls into feet, and then you can get the guys like McKenna, like James Craigan, like Nicky Lowe, those sort of forward thinking midfielders. You can get them pushing up and supporting with them, and as we saw, it really paid dividends against Thistle on Saturday. This, this kind of also goes with the point that Sean kind of makes quite a lot when he talks about Dick Campbell's Arbroath team in terms of that kind of sometimes missing that kind of that, that presence up front or, or somebody yeah. to, to, to score the goals that's going to kind of keep them away from trouble. Uh, they managed to do it with Craig Whiten a couple of years ago, done it last season with Jack Hamilton and while it's early days, it looks like they've maybe done the same with Joe Newbel. Yeah, that's just what I've you just basically just backed up my point that I made there. Thank you. <laughs> I, just, I just named different players. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's good. That's, that's good, fellow. You've been paying attention to the likes of Jack Hamilton and all. In fact, no, I say Hamilton was on. Hamilton was obviously an orthodox forward, but I think it's it's quite an interesting tactic in that, in terms of like loan signings, where you basically you can build a squad of like uh, experienced guys. Um, you, you've got a good spine in the team, and then you take people in on loan that can uh, that can augment the team. So, for, but if you do that and you bring like strikers in on loan, do you know, I think that that's that's quite an interesting tactic from uh, from Campbell it was uh, just to kind of drag it back to the, the conversation about Harry Stone I watched Ian McCall's interview afterwards and he kind of made a point that I, was, I don't know whether it was a wee bit old man shouted cloudy but I thought he, I thought he kind of had a point in that Harry Stone usually if he's training at Hearts Hearts are probably getting him to, to kind of try and use his feet quite a lot and pass out for the back and he said he was like, "This is this is uh, this is Gayfield. This is Gayfield on a Saturday. This is proper football. Like instead of doing that, just get your foot through it and knock it up the park." And, and you know, I'd, I'd probably agree with him because it looked the conditions looked very wet at Gayfield. Mm. You know, it looked like sort of one of those sort of like old rough and tumble football <clears> matches. And whilst it, it's quite nice to, to you want to uh, get the ball into your midfielders and build from there, I think that he's, he's probably right. It's a bit of horses for courses sometimes. It is just a case of just launching up the park. But yeah, but that's the thing. He'll he'll learn from that. You know, it's like you, you, you where you might want to try and play progressive style of football. You'll learn that you can't do that all the time. There are uh, places and and weather conditions that don't suit that sort of stuff. And then you you, you play differently. It was quite a the, the final. I chuckled a wee bit at the final line in that interview. So it was only a, it was only a couple of minutes long. But the final question he was asked was, were you disappointed that your your team didn't react to to losing those goals? And McCall's final line was. Well, we scored a perfectly good goal, so we did respond. So that was uh, that was something that we did go through earlier, which was uh, the Zach Rudden had the ball in the back of the net, which was given for it wasn't was it given for offside? It was given for a foul against Brian Graham, who was in a tussle with uh, one of the Arbroath centre backs. I, I, you know something I think he I thought they were both fouls. I thought I thought they were like a, a combination of like fouls and offside. I thought. 
could perhaps be a bit unlucky, but I, you can, Ian McCall can say that I think we were unlucky, but no, I thought they were, thought they were both fouls and it kind of felt as though that I think they were well beaten on the day. I, I, I would say I definitely think that. Yeah, that I don't, I don't think the, the Sissel, two teams. I don't think the Sissel fans were really kind of given any sort of kind of unlucky sob stories. They were just kind of pointing the finger at McCall and particularly the team's defence. Which um, I don't know what you think about Andy. I mean, I'm not in- entirely, you know, as familiar with, with a lot of these guys as you are. But to me, on paper, it doesn't look that great. No, I, I, I mean, you've got. I guess you've got Ricky. They've done. They've done all right so far. I guess is the, the first thing you say this season. They've they've, they've been okay, um, but I guess they're found out uh, at the weekend. Uh, you've got Ricky Foster, who at this point in time, uh, I mean, he's. He's fine, I guess, uh, full bit wise. I think Mayo and Holt are, are still a wee bit untested. Uh, I think the the comments when we were uh, after the Dunfermline game were very much that they were they were all right, but because because Thistle had gone ahead so early, they just had a lot. Uh, all the all the game was in front of them basically after that, and it was a case of heading things and putting them away. And there wasn't really uh, the game wasn't stretched enough to to test them. And I think Holt has obviously been a Full back in the past and is, is played more centrally and, and that, that relationship, uh, is probably still got a bit of working out to do. Um, so, and then obviously you, you know, you've got Stone in behind and you've, you've switched keepers already this season. I think they, I listened to, uh, one of the Thistle podcasts actually, Draw Lose or Draw. I listened to a wee bit of that yesterday and they were actually saying that the, the big issue yesterday or, or on Saturday was Ross, Ross Doherty not playing. Yeah. Um, he was, he was out injured and where against the Fairman, Doherty was in the middle and Kyle Turner, uh, was really effective in a, a, a wider position, uh, coming in from out wide. Um, Ross McKeever ended up taking in there and, and Kyle Turner came into the middle. And while Turner and Bannigan were actually okay, uh, was, was a kind of feeling, uh, in terms of how they played, uh, it had a bit of an impact on the fact that there was really no one there winning the second balls. Uh, and they just didn't have that kind of effective shield supporting the defence. And I think obviously they had that the, the week before and or, or against the Fairman. And also partly because that's how the, the, the kind of game script had gone with it. But I, I think more than anything, uh, the, the fans is going to seem to suggest that it was, it was that lack of Doherty. And even though he's not a, a technically super gifted player and he's certainly not as, as technically good as Turner and Bannigan, actually that, uh, he's just a, an important cog in that midfield and he just offers something different from, from those guys and uh, not having him there was a, uh, especially in that kind of boggy, horrible pitch for the lashing rain in the second half, it, it would have it made a big difference. Right, have we said all there is about this game? No, I think I think so. I suppose what one of the things that it, it, it just shows, like I was looking through that Arbroath team, that's a really good group of players that they've got there at Arbroath, and there, there's there's quality like all over the team. There, there's there's depth. You know the fact that they were able to to, to bring on um, like like some some of the changes they they were able to make. Uh, just the, the, there's loads of loads of options there. I like the fact that Bobby Lynn comes off the bench. Anton Dowds has just signed on loan from from Falkirk. I know that Dowds. Dowds is, is is raw. I think it's it's fair to say. But then you've got you can even got guys like Dale Hills and Gavin Swanky, Luke Donnelly who didn't come on. So there's there's 
there's a lot to like about our broth, and I know that they're, they're like Dick Campbell in his post-match interview said he's just like I'm just happy to be in the division. <laughs> I, I'm no, I'm no thinking about the playoffs. Eh? I'm thinking about keeping this team in the league, and and you know that's that they're in, in fourth place. Uh, you know, they, they, and I think that he said that they they could should have beaten Air United, should have beaten Cali Thistle on the opening day of the season. M- maybe you'll find out how good a side they are. No, Dunfermline have been in a bit of tailspin recently, but but we'll find out uh, how good how good they are. I mean, I suppose if they beat Dunfermline, at, um, that then you'd probably be like, ah, this this side are this side are all right. I quite fancy them a wee bit. Yeah, they're like fourth place. Uh, Campbell was saying that he's they're aiming to be. What was it the first? I think he was alluded to the first part-time yes. team at, at this level to to stay in the, the league for three straight years. So that'd be yeah, that'd be be amazing. I don't honestly, I I I one hundred percent think that that's it. that's entirely achievable for for this our both side. I'd be very very surprised if this team were in any bother. Of uh, of relegation or or in, in danger of finishing ninth place. It's a good group of players, and in terms of like part time teams at this level, it's it's certainly. I'm trying to think, maybe even better than uh, Ian Murray's Dumbarton team on paper. I know the proof is in the pudding if they can finish fifth place or above, but on paper, that's as good a team as uh, Ian Murray's side. Dick Campbell as well. Watching that interview, he he's obviously the type of manager that always kind of talks over the end of the question. Like when yeah. the guy's asking him, and he's just like, he, I think like he just, he just couldn't be bothered with some of the questions. So do you think that was a good performance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to talk about Pertic Thistle. I'm here to talk about her bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've done enough talking about either team. So let's move on to the game from League One at the weekend. Telfer. This game, by the way, I should add, it's Peterhead against Airdrie. Telfer, what did you put in the group chat? On yes, Saturday morning. This, this game became a bit of a personal nightmare for me because I saw Tony Anderson, uh, just for Tony Anderson comes, hey guys, anyone do any good tips for men? Anyone give me a wee sneaky line of the bookies? So I said, well, I saw on, on Twitter, Tony, that uh, Erdogan's are struggling to put a team out for this. So then they're down to the bare bones. They've got like central midfielders filling in at centre back and so on. The whole team's been shunted around. My three words, lump on Peter Head. <laughs> Imagine how appalled I was to check my phone at about half past, uh, about 25 to 5, to find out that Airdrie Orange were three goals up. I was appalled and embarrassed. And for anyone, well, to Tony, I should just say this, to anyone, specifically to Tony, I'm sorry. Um, I thought I was doing the right thing. It turns out I wasn't. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Yes, I think I'm, I think I'm right in saying I've got the list of Airdrie players that were missing here. Uh, correct me if any of these are wrong. Uh, Josh Kerr, Scott Walker, Jordan Allen, Craig Watson, Rico Katongo and Sam Wardrop were all out. Could you do that in Norm Macdonald's voice? <laughs> Josh Kerr, Scott Walker, Rico Katongo is here. Or he's not here, as it would be. Do you know I was I was surprised at this. I mean, not so much because of uh, of how good a side Peterhead are. And I do think Peterhead are likely to be one of the teams that are going to try like eighth place. I think would be quite a handy achievement for for for, for Peterhead. But just given how how poor Airdrie's their, their start to the season had been, you know, they'd lost heavily to Montrose. They'd uh, they'd lost to Falkirk. Although that's no great shame because Falkirk have got a good shot winning the league. But they were two goals up against Dumbarton, uh, then lost a man and then end up up drawing two each. So you. Can't Kind of really worried where the, the the win was going to come from, particularly with the players out missing. And then now the news that broke today that their game against Allo Athletics has been postponed 
the game that's going to take place on Saturday because they've got players missing. So I thought it was all just a real, a perfect storm that Peterhead were able to take full advantage of. But you've got to give Airdrie a lot of credit. And one player you've got to give a lot of credit to is Reese McCabe, who, who was playing at centre-back and, and ended up scoring two goals. Yes, he played in the back four alongside Callum for Dice. It should be added, the two goals he scored were set pieces. The free kick was excellent, though. That was the opener. Oh, do they, they not count? Do they not count because they're set pieces? It's just like, when you, it's just because he's... <laughs> It's just because he scored twice for set half. It's just I was I was filling in the details. For, I was filling in the details for Lister in case they were thinking he was just going on mazes for set half. It wasn't quite that, but he, yeah, he took an excellent free kick, tucked away his penalty well as well. Um, the penalty, I think, I think it was a penalty uh, from. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody in Pine Bovril said uh, they, they weren't sure about it, but then I went to Park. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the, the, the penalty is, I mean, you got to say, a huge credit goes to Adam Frizzell for slipping that pass in. Oh, was he Dylan Easton? Bigger part it was Dylan Easton slipped the pass in, and it's Cammy Smith. Uh, get Callum Smith beg your pardon Cammy Smith yeah, it was Callum Smith that, that sort of sprints down the right takes a touch just as Conroy Ryan Conroy slides in and wipes him out and I think there's Conroy sort of puts his hand up to complain sort of like just it was like a an automatic gesture but there was no chance that, that the referee was going to think otherwise it was as it was as stonewall a penalty as uh, you're likely to see and the goal that we alluded to earlier where Pixelot just switches randomly switches back to the halfway line just when the pass is being played through by Callum Gallagher I think it was and it's, yeah, it was. it's Gabby McGill making a great run across to, mm-hmm. to finish but we don't see the finish because it just goes back to no. and maybe they thought Reese McCabe was on to a hat-trick it just goes back to Reese McCabe standing <laughs> at the halfway line celebrating uh, you got to say it's a beautiful wee ball in from, from Callum Gallagher love the little dod in and the finish might have been good I don't know it still hit the back of the net so that's all you can really say is a goal occurred thanks to Callum Gallagher's pass and uh, then two goals got back kind of late on and that kind of brings me to a couple of questions to ask about mm. um, about the hosts so Scott Brown's goal I think we have to say first of all absolutely sensational goal Andy, I think I've, 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 I've spoken for it. Was, it, was, it was that good that everybody just had to speak in silence. Yeah, We're so still sad. in awe. Yeah, no, I know. It was a, it was a, a brilliant strike. Uh, sort of a full volley, wasn't it? Uh, coming off a corner. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it, the, the only pity was that, again, it was so far away and it, it was so foggy. You, you kind of lost it a wee bit. But yeah, it was, it was terrific. He's such a good player, Scott Brown, as well. I think that he was linked. He was very close to signing with Falkirk, I think, at the about a year ago. And I, I don't know, it didn't, didn't happen for some reason. But I think that he's a Peterhead captain, and I think that he, he's definitely a, a player who's who's capable of of certainly making the move to like lower championship, like top end, because he can do, he can carry the ball. He's really good at dribbling the ball. He reads the game well, and he's a useful passer of the ball. And as we saw, uh, judging by that goal, he's got a uh, like bags of technique because that's not an easy shot to make you know he sort of it's a hoop volley like the ball's at quite a height when he when he meets it uh, and it's it's a, it's it's a smashing goal and he's definitely uh, a, a really really important player for, for Peterhead so it was good to see him scoring and the the final goal as well Russell McLean's pretty much consolation one in, in injury time that was a very well worked goal as well they kind of move it right down the right hand side to a nice wee cut back and he flicks it in the back of the net Telford, why, why is Russell McLean on the bench and 40-year-old Derek Lyle is starting instead? Um, 
I don't know because well, Derek Lyle's miss midway through the, the, the first half was criminal. The boy, uh, uh, Josh Mulligan, that was playing at right back for them, who's on loan from, from Dundee United, there were a couple of times he put in some absolutely phenomenal balls. There's one that he put in for Lyle and one that he put in uh, for, for in the, the second half. I think it was Naya Payne should have got onto that. But that one that he put in for Lyle, Lyle really should have scored because it was right in his head. Lyle was in space and he just headed it uh, straight at him. So I, I, I prefer Russell McLean. Russell McLean's an awkward player because he's he's big, he's gangly, still looks like he's, he's filling out. It looks like he is a, a really tall boy wearing his dad's clothes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. It doesn't quite look right. And there's there's times when you see him, he's like, this guy's amazing. But there's other times when like the ball just seems to hit off his shins. That finish that he that he clipped in there for Peterhead was supremely well taken. Great little ball across and just a very extinct, instinctive finish to just guide the ball into the net. He's a player, a player I uh, I, I quite like, and I think that he's he's he got a good chance of making a, being a a really decent uh, part time player in Scotland. And Andy, I know that the and sorry, Andy, did you have anything to add on top of that? No, I was just, I was, I was just going to ask more. Uh, it was a, another question for Telford actually in terms of Airdrie, but but um, it, it was more um, Telford in terms of how you can how Airdrie where you think they're going to end up being this season, given that they you know they finished sec- they finished second last year ultimately, uh, but. They've had a bit of a slow start to the season. Uh, they've obviously still won with a, a bunch of players out, but they, they seem they seem fairly inconsistent so far. Uh, what's your what's your kind of feeling on them? Have you, have you I, changed you know, your some, opinions much at all? Or? I, I I don't know, Andy. That's that's the thing. When you look at the the results at the start of the season, you think a game at home to Montrose. That's a great bellwether at the at the start of the season to find out whether or not what what the team are capable of. And, and then you lose 3-0 and you think, right, well, are, are they good? Are they bad? You know, you go two up at Dunbar to end up drawing two each. Then you go up to Peterhead with a depleted squad. be very easy to be feeling sorry for yourself. And, and, and then, then turn in, well, ultimately, you know, it was a... They, I don't say they were fortunate to get out. They were perhaps took their foot off the accelerator pedal a wee bit at the end. I don't know, Andy. That's a simple, that's a simple phrase. I don't know. I'm not sure they'll be able to, to repeat second place this season. I think Falkirk will win that division. Queen's Park will be second. Cove Rangers, you'd fancy them to be up there. Um, but no, I, I don't know. Come back to me after the first quarter and we'll chat. <laughs> and the final final question I was going to kind of come on about about uh, Peter Head again to be a little bit ageist, but 30, 34-year-old Ryan Conroy at left back. I know that Peter Head fans aren't too happy about this and I can kind of understand why. Yeah, I noticed a very uh, funny comment on uh, Pine Bovril about the fact that Ryan Conroy <laughs> uh, it was brought in as a, a set piece specialist, and sort of that's why he's he's playing at left back. Uh, and it's and it kind of said, well, it's sort of okay that he takes all the free kicks that they all miss, but at least they're fairly close. But why on earth is he coming <laughs> to take every single corner? And it, uh, you do you do get that with some some players. I mean, I like the uh, Wraith Rovers retweeted a. Uh, uh, or somebody retweeted a, a video of a, a Ryan Conroy free kick for for us, and he they, they went and and he was one of few Rovers players I've seen that actually could score from a from a direct from a set piece. But I I think especially as people's I mean Ryan Conroy is never the fastest, but I think as people get older and uh, they are maybe even more limited in certain capacities that they suddenly become known for 
a thing and Ryan, Con- Ryan Conroy's thing now just seems to entirely be taking all the set pieces and it does seem a bit mad for a for a slow left back to be taking corners from the opposite side to be honest as if no one else can swing a ball into the box now and again so yeah I, I did enjoy that but I think that that might be a reliance uh, that's a wee bit misplaced at this stage Okay, let's move in to League 2 for our final match that we shall be covering. That was Elgin City 1 for for Athletic 1. Telfer, what did you make of this one? I thought it was, uh, I think both teams will be quite content with a point from this one. I think uh, it seemed seemed like a fairly unremarkable uh, match, to be honest. But I think it was a a good result in in, in the circumstances. I think that, like, for for Elgin, you know, they've had a a mixed start so far. You know, they've lost to Cowden Beath. You know, they've they've drawn with with teams like like Stranraer. And I think that that for them, finding themselves fifth place in the table is is good for them. Whereas for for Athletic, they they have made a a good start to the season. You know, they draw McKelty Hearts last week, perhaps a bit disappointed. weren't able to build on that you know they I think it sounds a bit trite it was a game of two halves I think four were the better side in the in the, the the first half Elgin City you know they scored after I think it was 90 seconds after the interval and and scored a good goal I imagine both these sides will be competing uh, certainly fourth athletic will maybe finish best of the rest Elgin City could look to get the the, the third and fourth place here that's uh, that's my shoot opinion Andy, you saw the highlights of this. Any, any of your kind of main takeaways? Yeah, I, really that it um, Forfer kind of looked quite impressive initially uh, and then it kind of changed again once uh, Elgin, Elgin equalised early in the second half. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they looked fairly fairly well matched. The, the thing I find interesting actually, uh, and I mentioned it on the, the Elgin website and I hadn't, hadn't been aware of it, was about um, Stephen Mackay coming in as assistant um, mm-hmm. to Gavin Price at Elgin. I thought that was a kind of fascinating move and I'm not I'm not entirely sure of the, the background as to why the, the current assistant's going, but Mackay... Uh, Left the Broder job fairly recently, didn't he? Um, and he'd, yes. we'd, he'd, we'd won a couple of titles and they'd obviously beaten Hearts last season. Um, he's only 40 and I, I find that as a, an interesting move where he apparently uh, left Broder because, well, it was a run of poor results, but he cited kind of work commitments and uh, a kind of lack of hunger amongst the, the player, players for the reason for those results. But, it, that that's one of those ones where I don't know if if uh, if I was the manager, maybe Gavin Price is fully fully comfortable with this situation. But if I was was the manager, and we had a, a young potentially up and coming uh, guy who has been a manager of a, a successful team till fairly recently, coming in as your assistant, you'd uh, you'd be getting a wee bit twitchy about your job. But I don't know if it's the case that Elgin are kind of bringing him in and thinking at some point he'll he'll maybe take over at a, a time when it's. It suits everyone, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'll tell for if you've got any more on that. But I, I found I, that I, was I, an interesting. I think I think you might be reading a wee bit too much into that. It was Keith Gibson was the assistant manager that that's that's left the club, and I, again, I'm not 100 percent sure what the circumstances are there. I think Mackay's time at Brora Rangers, having seen how like they, they were really quite mediocre against Kelty Hearts in the 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 playoff semi final, and I think that for him, it, that, that was just a natural for, for him to move on. I'm not 100 percent sure how Elgin train. That's the big thing. I don't know how they train, but like Gavin Price is based in Aberfeldy. I'm sure as he's like a 
pub landlord or somewhere, he's certainly responsible if in the hospitality industry. I don't know if Elgin do like a hybrid training system where they have, although Keith, um, Keith Gibson was for Dundee, I think. I don't know how it works, though, if, if one's responsible for like one training one group of players, one's uh, responsible for training another group of players. I don't know, but I think getting a guy like Mackay in there who's set good standards will have good contacts in the Highland League as well from his time at Brora Rangers. I think it's a, it's a, it's a smart move and I think it'll, uh, Keith, you won't necessarily miss Keith Gibson. He was a smashing player, by the way, Keith Gibson, back in his day. It's, uh, it's uh, worth saying that. One other player that I wanted to point out, not necessarily for Elgin, but for, for Forfra Athletic, and that's Matty Aitken, you know, former, he was at Albion Rovers last season, had played uh, with Forfra previously, had actually played with Elgin previously. He looks like uh, completely rejuvenated uh, after his time at Albion Rovers I think when he left Forfar to go to the Rovers they th- I think there was a feeling there that perhaps league like league one football wasn't quite quite it for him he he wasn't quite as, as good as a player his like build suggested but he was class at Albion Rovers last season like a proper bully boy striker really used his, his, his body well and I think we're just seeing him repeat that at, um, at Forfar and he's become a, a really uh, important player for them Yeah that was a kind of Kind of thing going into the game was that he's been he's been really on fire recently, and so has Kane Hester, and neither of them managed to actually get on the score sheet or, or really kind of do all that much during the game. Um, the, the goals were scored. Forfar opened the scoring. Forfar kind of Forfar came out and kind of blitzed Elgin early on. Uh, Price was given a bit of a bit of um, props by the by the supporters for making a wee kind of tactical change that uh, kind of allowed them to kind of stop that tide, and then eventually second half they were they were kind of the better side, but. Forfar did the goal you could say was maybe a wee bit unlucky I think there was a wee deflection there for, for Stephen yeah. McCluster's shot but it's like the host had allowed them to have like two or three pops at goal from distance like and you're talking like 20-25 yards before then so it's hard to have much sympathy for them in, in that sense but came out the second half right away two minutes in and I mean, it's kind of it's a chicken and egg thing. So you wonder whether the goal gave them that huge lift and maybe had Forfar's heads down, and then that was why the second half went the way it was, or was the goal inevitable anyway? Because Elgin were just kind of the, the much better team, or, and were always going to be the better team in the second half. But it was a nice wee work to go, a great run by O'Keefe, uh, and then yeah. a nice uh, cool uh, finish as well. Um, just kind of so like- one of the things. Sorry, Phil, one of the things I noticed as well, it was like, this will sound daft, I was playing five-a-sides last night, right? And it's the second time I've played five-a-sides in ages, and there was one guy in the opposite team who was like miles better than everyone else. He was really, really skillful. And I remember doing a Pelly podcast with Andy Graham back in 2019, when uh, talking about when Alwa played Celtic in the, the League Cup, and he was marking Moussa Dembele. And I asked him, so what's it like to, to, to play against a player who's just faster and quicker and stronger than you? And he basically says, you can't really do that all you have to do is just try and slow them down and just like get your mates to come back and help you and that's something that I was thinking about when I was playing fives you might not be able to get the ball off him but just stop him just stop his, his movement and stuff stop him from getting forward and let folk can come back and you can double up on him now when I watched to bring this into context when I was watching <laughs> these highlights there when I saw I think it was um, it's Kane Hester that's got the ball and Andy Munro comes out to meet him to stop him but Stevie Anderson his centre back partner really seems to get flat-footed and caught out by O'Keefe making that run through. Uh, and it's it's a really, really good run. Anderson's flat-footed. O'Keefe gets a shot, and I think he hits it under uh, Mark McCallum um, to, 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 to go in and, and, and score. 
Yes, and uh, that was sorry, that's a really really roundabout way. No, sorry, I was it was actually kind of by mentioning Steve Anderson, you've actually kind of come on to what I was going to say next. Couldn't believe like for a, for a League Two game, the amount of people that I was very kind of familiar with in the four for Athletic setup. That's a, a good good group of players there, man. Good group of players there. A lot to like about this four for team, and I think one of the things that will hold them in good stead is. I'm not We've criticised our defending there, but just you look at that uh, the back four, for instance. That's for, for League Two level. That the, that back four, you can. That's a really solid base. Even Mark McCallum, I know he didn't necessarily have his best season last year, but you look at Ross Meekin at fullback, Luke Strachan, uh, who's on loan from. I think it's uh, is it Dundee United. He's on loan from uh, Dundee. Beg your pardon. He's on loan for Dundee. Dundee at one fullback, and then Andy Monroe, Stevie Anderson in the middle. I mean, in terms of like experience, uh, there's a good mix of youth experience there that is a, a, a solid backline and not many other teams in that division will have a back four as good as that and your favourite Gary Harkins was on the bench let me tell you a little bit about Gary Harkins shall I <laughs> no I'm kidding on I'm kidding on I've said all I'm prepared to say about Gary Harkins Andy do you have any finishing points before we we wrap this one up no I, well actually the, uh, I, this is just in the, no, no yes in the game, the, <laughs> Not, not in the game. I, the the reference of Aber, Aberfeldy that uh, Telfer had that just jogged my memory about the fact that my uh, our, my honeymoon ended up. We went to Aberfeldy because our a proper honeymoon got uh, there was a tsunami or something as so we couldn't, couldn't go to the hotel in Mauritius, uh, and um, so we ended up it was mid like early January uh, we went up to Aberfeldy. There, there's places with hot tubs and kind of wee cabins and stuff. And anyway, we got locked out of our uh, room in our hotel and we were stuck in the hot tub for about three or four hours and there was no one else there was no one else because it was the middle of January why was anyone no one else was up in Aberfeldy the place like it's a it's like in a holiday place and a bit was shut uh, so we it, it, and we, we uh, had no battery or anything in our phones as well we somehow we had to phone the police to, to then phone <laughs> the woman who owned the <laughs> to own the resort to come down and get us who was not very happy with it and we ended up we had no clothes obviously uh, we couldn't get back into the room so we ended up getting papped into a, a different suite with no clothes just a couple of towels and I just remember uh, being very cold in a towel trying to get to sleep that night uh, watching and I was like homed under the hammer or something on the telly it was like what a, what a honeymoon it was it was um, yeah so every time every time Aberfeld is mentioned that wee shiver goes down my goes down my spine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was. I had nothing on Elgin for for. <laughs> <laughs> that was more entertaining, to be fair. <laughs> Not at the time, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Four hours in a hot tub. Uh, it was. Uh, we were uh, we were like f- uh, frogs at the end of it. It was like the 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 and, and the joy of the joy of being in a hot tub had very much worn off at that point. And I'd been drinking, so I was just. Jumping it and having to pee in the bushes all the time. So, yeah. Did you leave some drinking reserves to make those four hours out of not, not a lot, actually. Not a lot. Not as much as you would have hoped for, but yeah, we had, we had like one bottle of something and then that, that was about it, I think. So aye, it was a long, and obviously you're just, you're, because, you, oh no, aye, it wasn't the fact we didn't have our phones, we had our phones, but we had no signal because it's the middle of nowhere. Aye. So that's why we had to, die. we finally managed to get through the emergency police line. So, aye, <laughs> which is 999. <laughs> <laughs> That's the special, the ultimate emergency line. For all the kids out there who don't know. (laughs) 
yeah, aye, that that special line. Uh, but yeah, aye, that was uh, that was Aberfeldy for me. Magnificent, right? <laughs> I think that'll do us. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks. Thank you very much, Telfer. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> God, he's turned on the end sync. Right, uh, and now we're going to go away and record our Patreon. So if you like us in that, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. And that's it. Goodbye. And for this weekend, I hope you enjoy your football. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.